Well, good morning. Yes, I heard that over there. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, we're so glad that you're here. It's good to have Heather leading back worship. He has uh, been in the past month just recovering from um, uh, surgery. And uh, she's been here, just hadn't been able to sing. And for her to be back up here, good to see her back up here. And um, good to hear the worship. Did you enjoy the worship today? Yeah. Some of you, this is your first time with us. We're just so glad that you're here today to, to worship with us at Lay Point. You could have chosen anywhere in the area to worship, and you've decided to come here today. And we are so thankful, and we are honored that you chose to worship with us. And in your program, there's a connection card. Just take a minute, throw that card out. And then at the end of our service, we have an offering, and uh, we will invite you to drop that card in the offering basket. Let us know about your visit with us here today. And um, we're just thankful that you're here. My name is Scott, and I'm the pastor here. And it's just an honor to be here with you. And uh, it's also an honor to have a, another couple with us. Uh, pastor, let's see, I've got it written down here. Pastor Mark and Catherine Sanders, they're right up here. And uh, we're glad to have them here. And they are from Columbia, South Carolina. And... Um, they are up here for a conference, and they know Jonah. They ministered to Jonah in, in the past, and, and uh, they have made and shaped Jonah to be the man that he is today. And uh, so we have a lot to be thankful for, Mr. Pastor Mark, and I'm um, so thankful for you guys to be here. Thank you for being here and being our guests here this morning at Lake Point. And um, so we're in a series called This Is Us. And um, we're not, this is not a sobbing series, okay? So don't have to... Pull out your Kleenex, okay? Um, so I'm not going to make you cry today. That's not what this is all about, okay? But this is us. This is late point. This is the church. This is what we're kind of talking about. If you weren't here last week, we talk about who is the church. What is the church? And we kind of just walk into that. We didn't talk so much about late point. We talk about the church 2,000 years ago and what that looked like. 2,000 years ago, it was Jesus who said in Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 18, he told Peter, he said this, on this rock I will build my ecclesia, church, ecclesia. And we, we talked a little bit last week, that was a Greek term um, that actually means an assembly, a gathering. And if the New Testament could properly translate this word, Instead of church, we would actually see gathering or assembly, you know, and not a ch- the word church. In fact, the word church is a misdirection. You know, that was a word that was created 300 years later, which actually meant a building, a location. And so, we, you know, so when Jesus talked about a gathering, you know, he had this idea of the church is out there, not in one spot. The church is everywhere. It's a gathering of people being the church, being the people of God. And, and so we look at the church as a movement. And movement, if you learned last week, movement, they move. And we're part of that. 2,000 years later, we're part of what God has created. We're a gathering of people. We're not a building. We're not about a location. If we were about a location, we would be back at the original location where we were. When we first started down the road at Iroquois Middle School. And, but we're not about a building. It's not even our building. We're about a people. 
about a group of people that gathered together and we rally behind a, a single message. And that single message is actually an event. That's what we rally behind. We rally behind an event and that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Christ. And that's what we rally around. We rally around the fact that Jesus died, he was buried, and then he rose again. And because he rose again, then we're going to listen to his teaching. Right? If, if a guy comes, to, comes back from a grave alive, he comes back from the dead, we're going to listen to him. We're going to follow his teaching. We're going to follow what he says, because he was dead, and now he is alive. And so that was what the church was built on. And so we're a simple church at Lake Point that carries the same idea that's all about helping people know who Jesus Christ is and want to help people take their next step with God. That's our mission statement. That's why we're here. That's part of the Great Commission. Part of the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Jesus told the disciples his last message. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And Jesus gave this mission, and he gave this mission on authority. He gave this mission, he said, listen, I, I'm the guy that rose again from the grave. And so go ahead and make disciples, go into all the world and produce disciples and have people follow after my name. And so that's what our mission statement is. It's helping people take their next step with Jesus Christ. Helping people take their next step with God. Whether you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, then your next step, and, and we want you to take this next step and to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Some of you say, my next step is, is, is to get baptized. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and, and my next step is to follow the Lord and believers baptism. Baptism. In fact, last Sunday, we had nine people take that next step of baptism. Let's give them up for a round of applause for those nine people. Help. We, we've got other stepping points. We've got over here, you've got it on your handout, I think. And, and uh, if you see those stepping points, we've got them online. We want to help you take those steps and to follow Jesus Christ. We want to get practical and help you in these eight different next steps. Whether it might be encountering God daily. Some of you, you need to grow in your walk with Christ. We have on the information table, as you leave, we have a piece of paper. And it's a 100-day reading plan that starts today that will go to the end of this year where you can read the New Testament. You know, and key passages throughout the Bible. It's a 100-day reading plan. And I encourage you. This is part of our way of helping people take their next step. And you can take that piece of paper, you can use that if you like, but we're creating resources and tools, and that's out there on your information table. We want to help people become members and get involved and get plugged in at a church, become a member. That's the next step. Another stepping point is join a life group. And we're starting life group a week from today. It's the first week of life group. And in your program, there's life group, there's a green folder, there's a green paper, uh, there's a little paper in there that tells you all the different groups that we have. Encourage you to get signed up. You can go out in the lobby, and there's an area for next step, and you can get more information about life groups. 
So get plugged in. Find a home group. Find a group that fits your schedule, that fits your needs, and get involved in growing with other Christians and other believers. Serving on a team. It's another stepping point. We have a lot of volunteers here. We're thankful for that. But there's always room for more. Always room for more. Give generously. It's a stepping point. But some of us say, you know what, I need to start giving. Or I need to start giving at a percent. Or I need to increase my percentage. Well, we want to be involved in the building program and in the campus development. We want to be involved in some way. Give generously. It might mean outside of the church. You know, I want to start living a lifestyle of generosity. I see a need. I want to fill that need. And then the, our last stepping point that we want to emphasize on is go on mission. To go on mission. What does that mean? To go on mission. That means how do I carry out this great commission that Jesus gave us? How do I go out? How can I personally be invested in sharing the gospel? How can I tell, the, tell my story? How can I share my faith? Now, can I go on a serve event? We had a serve event yesterday. In fact, we had two of them yesterday. We had, a, we had a group, a small group that was at Macomb Four Corners Park, which is down 25 miles in Romeo Plank, right in that area, and, 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 and handing out invite cards to um, over a thousand people that showed up at that location. And then we had another event at the same time um, down at Freedom Hill in, uh, on 16 Mile, Big Beaver or Metro Parkway or however you think of that road, and right there, and, and we were involved with the Terra Grant um, walk and we fed hot dogs and, and food and drinks for over 500 people that showed up and invited them to our church, invited them what's coming up. And that was a go on mission activity. And we had a good group on both, on both ends and what an awesome part to be involved on going on mission. And so we want to help people go on mission. We want to help people take their next step. And every one of us here how's the next step to take? It may not actually be on this list here. These are the ones that we want to really help people, but there might be a, a step that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in your life, and, and you need to listen to the Spirit of God. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you and to take those steps and follow the Lord's command, to follow His leading. And so what is your next step? Well, we want to help people take their next step. Now today we want to do something a little bit different. As we talk about This Is Us, last week we talked about the church in general, not just Lake Point, but today I want to kind of focus a little bit about Lake Point. I want to talk about This Is Us, this is who we are. I want to answer the, answer the question on this is how we roll. This is how we are different and unique from other churches that are in our area. And so, not that other churches are doing it wrong. There are a lot of great churches, and here's what I believe. God has created, and God uses all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. Because if we're all the same, if we're all the same kind of church, then we're only going to reach one kind of people. So there's a variety of churches. Some churches down the road, you know, they, they dress up in suits and ties. The babies, even the babies wear suits and ties. Right? And, 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 and that's how they roll. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. You know, they like to sing. They're a little bit more, more piano-driven. They like their hymnals. And, and, and that's how they roll. And they're reaching people that like how that rolls. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right? It may not be 
Your style may not be my style, but that's okay. We're all on the same team, but we're different. And so today I want to talk about what makes us different. Let me invite Pastor Tom to come up here, and we're going to co-teach this. We're going to kind of co-lead this talk here today, and I think we're going to have fun with this. And we're going to talk about this is uh, core values. What are our core values? Because our core values define how we roll. Our core values define what it looks like here at Lake Point Church. And if you think about it, every organization has a core value. Every organization has it. Whether they know it or not, they have core values. All right? some, some organizations do very, very well and uh, announcing what their core values are. For example, how many of you work out at Planet Fitness? All right, raise your hand. Nobody? Okay, we got a couple. Okay. All right, but how many of you have seen the commercial Planet Fitness? All right, they're out there. You know, for $10 a month, you can work out anytime. And what is your core value? It's a judgment-free zone. Now, I like that, personally. You know, if I go in and start using the equipment round, there's no judgment. All right? You don't judge how I work out. All right? And so that's Planet Fitness. If you go to Disney, how many of you like Disney World? All right, yeah, you got Disney World. They have a core value, and they just want everyone to be happy. That's their goal. They want you to be it's the happiest place in the world. That's their core value. They, they want to make that a thing. That's their deal. And so we can go on and on and on, but everyone has a core value. And even the church you grew up in had a core value. And so... What lay point core values? And this answers the question on how we roll. This is how we roll. And so we got six core values we want to look at. Pastor Tom and I, we're going to kind of tackle this. Tom, you think we can do this? Yes. Yes? Okay. We're going to make this happen. And Tom can take the first one. Okay. So when he's talking about this is how we roll, I grew up in the 90s. Did anybody else think of this song? know what's going to happen? Get faster, man. This is worth it. <laughs> the look on your face tells me that this wasn't a great idea. This may be a bad idea. This <laughs> may really be a bad idea. All right. So, but we're going to try this. All right. Okay. We're a different chemistry mix. Okay. Our first core value <laughs> we want to go through. Um, okay. The first one... We had a sentence that was like 20 words long, but it all boils down to two words. People matter. People matter. So we believe that a lot of churches, they function like everything is about just, we got to make sure y'all are happy and tithing, no matter what. That's a business. That's not, that is not an ecclesia that was talked about in the scriptures. And, and this is how Jesus said it. When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. And then in Luke 19.10, it says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who were lost. The most powerful worship experience of my life didn't happen in a church or a camp or around a bunch of different Christians. It was actually last summer, and somebody asked me at a group, and they said, hey, would you be willing to lead worship at a group called Celebrate Recovery? And I know that we had Celebrate Recovery here at one point. And I said, sure, why not? It sounds like a low commitment. And I hit the very first chord, and people were singing so loud that I couldn't hear myself 
through the entire loudspeaker system. And that's because that was 100 people gathered in a room who were going through a recovery process. And they said, Jesus, if you don't move, I might not make it to next week because I might go back to heroin. Jesus, if you don't move, my, my, my marriage will fall apart. Jesus, if you don't move, I will be overwhelmed with depression. There was nobody putting up airs. You walked into the room because you knew you needed to find the right place. And I had a moment where my, my wife and I, we were like crying afterwards because it was such a moving experience. And I can't tell you what was preached about that day. But I can tell you what it was like being with other believers who knew they needed Jesus. What if, what if every person who walked through Lake Point's doors, wherever doors they may exist and be, could just tell, this is a place where people matter. These people love Jesus so much that every person who walks down the door, we recognize that they have a story. We recognize that you have probably got something going on that you hope nobody else in this room figures out. You're afraid of being discovered. And we feel that. And we'd say this. There is nothing good that grows in the dark. Let's bring it into the light. Let's do some real work. And you matter more than your reputation here. There's a second chance for you. There's a fresh start here for you. And we want people to know you matter as soon as you walk through the door. So we want to do absolutely everything we can to go over the top. Because if somebody is dealing like that, if somebody's looking for a church... They're looking for a community to perhaps belong in. And, and there's this word that people toss around a lot when they, when they talk about Lake Point, when they walk through the door. I don't know. I just feel like it was, can you say it with me, home. I don't know. It just felt like home to me. You know how much work it takes to turn a gymnasium into home? The things I had to sweep up this morning from teenagers playing sports all over them. It was unreal. But we will do whatever it takes, short of sin, to try to turn any environment that we touch into home because we believe that people matter. So that's why we're so involved with things here as a church. If somebody says, hey, what's Lake Point like? I'm not going to describe the services very much other than say people come here because they want to connect with Jesus. I'm going to talk about how we are one of the most active local churches that I know of that's involved in stopping human trafficking in our area. We have said no to that, and that's why we were at the Tara Grant Walk yesterday. That's why there's a video coming up that you're going to see online this next week where we were involved in saving girls in a region called Yazidi who were kidnapped by ISIS. This church is helping fund secret missions to save women who are slaves. And we're teaching them skills. Right now, if you put in a dollar, if you put in a dollar right now, that goes to a young lady whose name is Weem. She's got the coolest name I've ever heard in my life. Weem will tell you a story in one minute because that's all she can handle to talk about how Jesus saved her. And she doesn't thank Lake Point. She just says, I thank the Lord for being there for me and these people. Because people matter. And that's what everything that we do here will go back to that. So from whether or not it's helping people who are suffering from addiction or whether it's teenagers or junior hires, God bless you for being a junior high. I swear it gets better, my friends. I swear it gets better. Um, we're here for you. Good. The quote value number one. One. People, and I have 23 seconds left. I nailed 20, it. 20 seconds. We've got a clock for each point here. So when you get two preachers together, you might get double sermon. So we, uh, we're working hard to keep it in, uh, in our time frame here. And uh, so people matter. So let's say that together. People matter. People matter. We will love people for who they are so we can lead them to where they need to be.
Number two, the second core value is live boldly. Live boldly. Are you ready for me to take this again? Okay. Um, we love this word boldly because we think that life is about taking audacious steps of faith. Faith is not just believing in things that are unseen. Faith is taking an activity or the activation upon those things that you believe. It's taking a step. So that's why we say we want to help you take your next step with God because really what we're doing is inviting you into faith. There's a word called audacity, boldness, or daring, especially with confidence or arrogant disregard for personal safety, conventional thought, or other restrictions. I love arrogant disregard of self. doesn't make sense, but the dictionary is really angry at us. Now, I'd like to welcome you to, to Lake Point, where our lead pastor is 80% deaf, and the guy gets up and speaks, and he's found a way to be genuinely the best listener I've ever served with, because he can't pull out his phone and zone out on you and check his text message when you're talking to him. <laughs> okay, he can't read my lips now. I, but I... <laughs> But out of that, we don't think that it's always about, you know, we take, you know, we take little, little safety steps, little safety steps for Jesus. Because nothing that Jesus ever did was just like, I'm just going to tinker with the world. You don't change the entire world and mess up a thousand-year power like the Romans by taking little safety steps for Jesus. You don't, you don't completely reform and reshape a culture by taking just gently walking on water. <laughs> what you do is you make big, bold, audacious moves. This is in 1 Samuel 14. One day, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on, let's go up over there where the Philistines have their outpost. So Jonathan and his dad are on a trip, and there are some people called the Philistines. They're not around anymore. But they are the bad guys of this story, and Jonathan has a ridiculous plan. He, an armor bearer, literally is just a guy who carries his shield and will carry a small sword as well, usually, to try to protect, and all he does is watch Jonathan's back. Meanwhile, Saul, that's his daddy, and his 600 men were camped in the outskirts of this town and around a pomegranate tree. So they wanted their juice and fruit. Good. And among Saul's men was... Oh, that guy, wearing an ephod and a priestly vest. And I want to go down a little bit further. No one realized that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp at the end of verse 3. Verse 4. To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs called... I, it doesn't matter. The cliff on the north front, he looks at his friend and he says in verse 6... Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans. We don't name call in awesome ways like we used to. Now it's like, what's that dude's problem? I just want to be like, check out that pagan. Let's go get him. Perhaps, and my favorite word that Jonathan uses when he is left dad in the safety of 600 trained, wonderful soldiers, as he says to his armor bearer, please don't do this to me, perhaps the Lord will help us. Perhaps is a terrible plan. You know what I want to hear before we take a big step in our lives? This is a solid, well-researched, I want to go shark tank on somebody. I want to be Mr. Wonderful from that show and just say, listen, your evaluation of this just doesn't make any sense. And I want to go back and forth. 
But when somebody says, perhaps the Lord will help us, and nothing can hinder the Lord, there's this term that I use amongst friends called Jesus juking. Now, an example of a Jesus juke, this matters. <laughs> an example of a Jesus juke is when you're just having a perfectly fine conversation with somebody and somebody way over-spiritualizes it. So this one guy that I follow online named John Acuff did a very funny tweet about this guy who was in an airport at a Starbucks doing the loudest, most aggressive push-ups you've ever heard. He was just like, wah, 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 in an airport at a Starbucks, okay? And John Acuff thought that was hilarious, as do I. And somebody had the nerve to Jesus juke that guy and say, I just wish we were all that passionate for the Lord. That's not fair. Okay, and, but that's exactly what Jonathan does. He totally Jesus jukes his armor bearer and he's like, you know what? God can do anything. So let's go up a cliff and attack people. Now, I don't know how much you know about warfare. But if you're climbing up a cliff and the other enemy has nothing to climb, they can look down and they can drop, you know, anything on your face and you'll die. But he says, perhaps the Lord will help us. What a numbskull. But the armor bearer says this. Do what you think is best. I am with you completely, whatever you decide. Giant, bold, audacious moves. We believe as a church that, yes, there are times where it's just a simple opening up and taking a chance, joining a life group. But, Tom, I'm an introvert. I can't go out. Listen, I have introvert parts of me, too. I'm fine talking into a microphone because I'm in total control of this conversation right now until he takes back over. But if we were to go hang out at somebody's house, I will find the couch with the most pillows and I will just sit there because I'm terrified of y'all. But there are moments in life where it's time for you to say, perhaps God will bless what we're doing. Perhaps. But regardless, I am with this mission heart and soul. So, we ask you to live boldly. boldly. We ask you to rock the boat when it comes to your life and to faith. And it doesn't always make sense. It isn't always cheap. Sometimes you buy something because you think it might help somebody know Jesus, and it's a complete disaster. But we think that's part of the fun because it reminds us that we're not in control. Do something audacious. Live boldly. So, core value number three, we're going to talk about this. Make it better. Make it better. We will do things so well that people will want to come back and bring their friends. This is a statement of excellence. We want to do things with excellence. You know, we're not, you know, we're not perfect people, so we're not looking for perfection. But we're always looking for things. How can we make it better? And, you know, this is what I love about Lake Point. You know, nine years ago, when we started, well, eight and a half years ago, when we started um, Lake Point, we started with a, with a 12-foot trailer on the wheel. Right? And everything was in that 12-foot trailer. Everything. And, and, and day one, we unloaded it. We had 20 people, and we unloaded it. And, and then we started adding stuff because we want to make it better. We just continue to make it better. We moved here and um, at this location, and this location told us that we could put a shipping container on the property if we want. And I was like, shipping container? How big is a shipping container? And they said, 40 feet. I'm perfect. 40 feet. And so we bought one, and we started filling it up with stuff that we thought would make things better. 
we made it better. We continue to make it better. We continue to grow and do everything we do with our very, very best in mind. And then before you know it, we're like, at the school, say, hey, we about fill that 40-foot shipping container and, and the 12-foot trailer that we have. Uh, can we get another 40-foot trailer? And so we added another 40-foot trailer and they're in the back. If you ever drove back there, everything that we do at Lake Point, it fits in those two 40-foot trailers plus a couple of closets that the school has given us. And, uh, and it's because we have people on this team, people in our church, that look for ways to make things better, to do things better. We want to do everything with excellence. The Bible says, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse number 10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it all with your might. Do it all with your might. Do everything that you can to make it better. We want to make everything that we do contagious, irresistible. We want people to come back. In fact, that was a statement that Walt Disney says. He said this, do what you do so well that people want to come back and bring their friends. And that's kind of what we took. That's what we want. You know, and, and, and people flock. That's why people go to Disney, because they get the experience. They get the whole nine yards of experience, and it's great. It's just, that's why they spend the money and travel. And we want people to say, you know what? We want to come to Lake Point because, wow, if people care about what we do. We're not doing it on the, on the fly. You know, we didn't show up on Sunday morning. Heather, you know, uh, the worship leader, she didn't say, you know what, what song should we sing today? You know, it was all thought through. You know, our LP kids, volunteers, they had their notes. They're prepared. They didn't show up today and say, I have no idea what I'm teaching today. I'm, I'm hoping that someone tells me what to do. No, we, we, we don't do that. We want them prepared. We want them to do the best because our best matters. It matters what we do. It matters. So contagious environment, they're welcoming. They're, they're done with excellence. They're creative. They exceed people's expectations. You, don't, you won't you'll be surprised how often I hear it from people when they come into a late point. They say, man, we, we came into the school building. We have very low expectations because we thought, you know, it's going to look like a school. And we come in, and we were just blown away what you guys have done to the place to take the school out of the church, you know, mindset. And we feel like it's a total different environment. And, uh, and that's part of our core value. That's what makes you unique. That's what makes us unique. We look at things and say, you know what, let's do it better. Let's make it better. Sometimes making it better isn't always cost money. Sometimes it's just an innovative way of thinking. And so make it better, that's one of our core values here at Lake Point Church. Core value number four, we believe that it's about us being the church, that we want to be the church. We will love our world and our church by serving passionately with our time and our abilities. So the way that Lake Point works, it's, it's not driven by a kind of what happens a lot in, in the modern church, like the cult of personality. You just put one really, you're a wonderful preacher. But it's not all about just putting the best preacher out and then just kind of making him like a rock star and trying to build everything around Pastor Scott or a band or anything like that. We believe that this church is driven by its amazing volunteers. And in fact, our volunteers are more important in a lot of ways than our staff. And all our staff does is we learn how to coordinate and help our volunteers. 
That's, that's most of our ministry in life because we want to love on people that way. And we believe that every single part, every person here is a shepherd and is helping change somebody's world that day. By the way, they work with children. We came to Lake Point for the second time that we came because my four-year-old daughter, Hopi is her name, I have a really sweet daughter named Anna, and then I have another daughter who will mess you up named Hopi. And Hope came up to me, and she said, I want to go back to the donut church. (laughs) That was it, man. She loves Miss Wanda, but she loves those powdered donuts. And that was, and I was like, all right, my kid wants to go to church again. Like, let's, let's do this. And it was all about somebody who just took, like, an extra part of their Saturday. It was like, we've got to have pastries. These Christians, man, they love pastries. And my, my four-year-old is just like, I, no, we do. We do. And I'm back here for this. So that's, that's part of how my family came here. It was just like that little step of love that we took. You see, you can go anywhere. You and I can go to the movies, but I'd rather make a movie. It's awesome to read a really good book, but I'd rather live a life that's worthy of having a book written about it. And you can do a lot of things. You can work really hard at a lot of things, and it might not ever make a difference, but it will get you closer to security and retirement. Or you can be something that it takes many people and not just you on your shoulders. You can be part of Jesus' dream, and that's the church. And we think it takes all kinds to make this happen. It used to be, when I was growing up, my, um, our, our Sunday school teachers would say, you know what, whatever your talent is, the Lord will use that. And I, and I believe that's true, but I felt like it was only two examples that I was given over and over again. Maybe God's given you some music abilities, so you should sing for Jesus. And there were people who shouldn't serve the Lord that way that were going in that Sunday school group. I'm like, stop lying to them. And the other one, the other one was, maybe you're good at sports, and you should do that. Let me just ask you for the people who are in 35, if you're athletic, like, what do you do with that now? I wish what I would have been taught and had a chance to put into practice just a little bit sooner was to realize the greatest talent that you can offer right now is your willingness. Your willingness to show up and grow and try something you've never heard of. I have a really good friend, and, and, and he said, no, I'm just kind of trying to look for my fit in the church. So I'm just kind of looking around. And I'm like, man, you will never find your fit until you jump into the pit, man. It's time to get in. Hmm. It's time to get in. I rhymed that. that That's how you know it's like true. That. That, yeah. You could tweet that later. I'm going to tweet that so bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. So Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The job of the staff at Lake Point Church is to develop leaders. The volunteers don't serve the staff. The staff is here to serve the volunteers. Hmm. People, it's too often that we put leaders up, and that's why leaders completely fall. And we, we try to put like a, like protection around pastors so that they don't fall. But what if, it, what if it starts working into a deeper way of community where we do honor leaders, but we realize it's because the leader is here to take care of you in the first place. 
My life is not complete if I sing a great song or give a good message or design our website just a little bit better. My life shines for Christ when I have the opportunity to sit in a room with you and go through life with you. We're here for you. But in order to do that, in order for us to even get to you, we all need to be the church. That's good. And, you know, I would think about the donut church time. If we want to make it better, we need to get Krispy Kreme, <laughs> the hot donut thing. I'm just thinking out loud here. All right, anyway. Um, who's with me on that? We got it? Okay, we got some people. We're good. We got <laughs> core value number five. Core number, number five is lead with generosity. Lead with generosity. We will be a radically generous people because we have experienced a radically generous God. That's the core value. This is who we are. Man, I'm telling you, this has been an amazing church. You have been faithful in your generosity, not just to late point, but outside of late point, in the way that you give. Give of your time, give of your talent, give of yourself, give of your finances. You have been generous. Now, the Apostle Paul uh, was writing a letter to the churches of Corinth. And in his letter, he wrote, he wrote about the churches of Macedonia. And we're talking to the church of Corinthians. They said, you need to check out these Macedonian people. They don't have much. They don't have much. But here's what I know. And this is what he wrote. And you can see their core values for the churches of Macedonia. Here's their core values. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 on the screen here. He said, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what, what God in his kindness had done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being touched by many troubles, and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. That's when generosity kicks in. It's, when, it's not when the church says, hey, we need you to give. It's they wanted to give. They wanted to give before they were even asked to give. Look at verse 4. I love this. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. I mean, they were like, hey, Paul, how can we give? We don't have much. We're dirt poor, but man, we want to give somehow in some way how can we? In verse 5, they even did more than we had hoped. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. And in other words, they had a stepping point, and they would just say, hey, you're not stepping to follow Jesus, you know, growing your faith in, in God. And, and they did that. And then they said, you know what? We want to start doing boom, 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 boom. We want to start giving generously, too. Right out of the gate. They were just generous people. And, and what a testimony of their generosity. That was their core value. They were known for that. And I believe that late point, you know, I want us to be known for being a church that just give of ourselves. Giving of ourselves. There are two mindsets that the Macedonian church had. They had this mindset of, we get to give. We get to give. We get to do this. And then they had another mindset. They couldn't help but help. 
They couldn't help themselves. They just were constantly giving of themselves. And, and so at the core value, I like what Paul challenged the Corinthians in verse number 7. He said, since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love for us, I want you to do well. I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. We get to give, not because we have to, but because we should want to. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where, where's, your, where's your heart? If your heart is for the things of God, that's where your treasure follows. Your, your, your treasure follows where your heart is. If your heart is in the things of the world, or the things that you like to do, you'll you see that's where the wallet's going to follow. And Paul, and, and the Bible teaches us, let's be passionate about the things that matter. Let's be passionate about things that God wants us to have eternal impact. Eternal impact. We want to be a generous church. Because generosity always generates goodness. It always generates goodness. To special events that we do. To events that we did yesterday, helping out. To follow Palooza that are coming up. It takes money to run those things, but because of your generosity, we're able to minister and to reach out to people through our food pantry. You know, we're looking for ways to expand our food pantry, to reach more people, to help more people. And we've got so many people wanting to get involved, and, and so many people giving food and, and helping in so many different ways. We, we, we're generous because through events like Greater Things Offering, where we collect, you know, Seven, eight thousand dollars every year, and then we give that away to nonprofits and church plants in our area. Well, we could use that money for something else. We say, you know what? We want to help other churches be better. We want them to grow. We want to help them and help nonprofits. We want to invest outside of ourselves through Thanksgiving dinner coming up. Last year, we fed over 200 families. We're going to be ready to do that next month. Having a, a, a Thanksgiving food drive and building it up. And we're going to go down to Mount Clemens and feed families that are in need of food so that they can enjoy a Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, we're working through that. I mean, we're excited to be a part of that. We get to do that. We can't help but help. We want to be a part of it. Through church planting and helping out with missionaries. Next Sunday, we're going to have one of our missionaries up here. They're in. They're in town from South Africa. And he's going to be here and his wife. And we're going to get to hear an update on what, what they're doing. Because you have been a part of that. And I want you to get to know who they are. Your generosity allows us to help so much more than what you see inside of our buildings, inside of our own church. We're doing so much more. We give over 15% to mission around the world. 15% of our income goes straight back out. We're helping out ministries everywhere around the world. So that's core value number five. Lead with generosity. And number six, as we finish up, core value number six is all for one, one for all. All for one, one for all. We will be unified behind a single vision, a single mission, 
for the glory of God. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. It says, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, you do it all for the, for the glory of God. We do it all for Him. In 1618, a group of believers were facing persecution. They knew that persecution was coming their way because of their faith in Jesus. Because of their faith in Christ. And they knew it was happening, so they wrote this declaration, this group of believers. And this is what it says. In this declaration, it said, As they also absolutely intended to proceed with the execution against us, we came together to a unanimous agreement among ourselves that regardless of any loss of life and limb, honor and property, we would stand firm with all for one and one for all. We will be loyal, we will be loyal, we will protect each other to the utmost to God against our difficulties. All for one, one for all. We have a lot of different people here. There's a variety of people here. Different backgrounds. Different different way of life. But when we come to church and we'll be the church, this is who we are. We say, you know what? We're behind a, a, a we're unified. We're together. You know, like the great theologian Jonah Fair will often say, we get to do this. We're in it together. We're in it together. We're in it together. Serving for a common goal. And that is to glorify Jesus in all that we do. Not for me. Not for my glory. Not for Tom's glory. It's not for your glory. It's not to say, look what we did and pat ourselves on the back. It's to say, God is off with you. As we make a difference. As we're reaching people and helping people take their next step with God. I love the parable that Jesus showed in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in the field. In his excitement, this man, he found his treasure, he hid it again, and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. And that's the parable. That's one verse. And I've used it before. Here's the story. This guy got so excited. He was walking down the road. He saw on his property. He saw some money. He saw some treasure. He couldn't get the, the treasure. It wasn't his until he buys the land. He went and bought the land just so that he could have that treasure. Man, that treasure was awesome. He bought the land. But when he bought the land, you know what else he bought? He bought the weed. He bought the critters that live in that field. The dirt. There's a lot of negative stuff in that big piece of property. But he was too excited and too passionate because he said, you know what? I got the treasure. I got my eyes on the treasure. And here's late point church. You know, you came here and you saw something. When you first came here, you saw something. You said, man, this church is all about God. Well, this church is all about loving people because people matter. This church is all about making it better. They do things with excellence. Man, this church is all about something. And uh, man, I see it. Man, I want to be a part of it. 
And he bought in. And he got excited about it. But then before you know it, when you bought it, when you bought in, you didn't realize at the moment, but you bought in the weeds. You bought in the quitters. And over time, sometimes, we get our eyes off the prize. We get our eyes off what matters, we start focusing on the weeds. And I said, man, where did that come from? It's always been there. That little snake in the grass had always been there. The dirt had always been there. But so often we get off focus. And we say, oh man, I can't believe, I can't believe I saw this pile of dirt over here. It's been there, I promise you. You bought the whole thing. And we get our eyes off the things that matter. But I'm here to say, man, we are unified. We're not uniformed, but we're unified. After that one treasure, and that treasure is the Lord Jesus Christ. You may not agree with everything that you see, but you say, you know what? They keep the main thing, the main thing. They keep the minor thing, the minor thing. They keep the main focus on the main focus. And it's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. It's all for Him. It's all about reaching people. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have a, a crowd of people in here. As we see Joe Castillo do his stand out. America's Got Talent finalist. It's going to be an awesome day. And we get to be a part of that. And we're hoping that we can make a difference in people's lives together. This is us. We have a lost and dying world that's out there. And they're looking at what church is all about. In fact, church is on a decline, by and large. But it has been on decline for a long time. And it's good and worse. And it's getting worse. We're living in a godless, godless world. A lot of people are leaving the church. People aren't even checking out church. There are many people who have never stepped foot in a church. Because they have a preconceived idea of what church they think church is. And many times it's wrong. But they have an idea of what church is. It may be because they've been a part of a, they went and visited a church with a bad experience. Or maybe they met some Christians that were very judgmental, very hateful. And they were like, I don't want anything to do with church. I pray here at Lake Point, this is who we are, that people will find a church that people matter. They will find a church that, man, these people go crazy. They live boldly. That they will find this church living it by excellence, making it better. That they will see a church that is the church. We're not just Going to church, we are the church. We'll be the church. We're serving and loving on people. They see people in the church that's living out in generosity and unified behind a common cause. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And see, there's a lost and dying world. They have an idea of what church is. They have a wrong idea of what church is. And I pray that we can be a church that can make a difference. Tommy can sing a song here. And he can sing that, uh, a song with the words of what the church and how the world sees the church today. And I pray that we will reflect on that, on the words that he's about to say. And I pray that, you know what, God? I don't want, I want to be different. I want to be the church that God wants to be for a lost and dying world who's on their way to hell. But we have a message of hope. That message of hope has a name. His name is Jesus. We have it. And I pray that you will listen to Tom at Tom sing this song.
This is a song for my family Outside the walls Sunday morning From song within This is a song to confess our sins Yell it aloud Try to begin again To hope again Please forgive Our ignorance And looking down on you Please forgive our selfishness I'm hiding in our views While the world leads While the world needs us To be what we should be is a song for my family who just can't believe in the Jesus that you see on Sunday morning this is a song for the cynical saints the burned out and hopeless the ones who've been cast away I feel your pain Please forgive Our wastefulness For all that we could be Don't forget there's more to this Her beauty still exists His bride is still alive 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 oh, 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 She's still is a song for my family inside these walls on Sunday morning 
Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, we thank you, God, that you have called us to be a kind of church that you want us to be. A church that wants to love people. A church that wants to live out boldly in our faith. God, a church that just wants to do everything by excellence, make things better for your glory. God, I know we want to be the church that we are the church, going and being the church. Not just attend on Sunday morning, but we're living it out all throughout the week. God, I pray that we be the kind of church that lives out with generosity. However that looks for everybody's different, but we live out and lead out with generosity. And God, I pray that we be unified. All for one. One for all. It's all for your name. It's all for your glory. That we're all together. We're in this together for you. And so God, I thank you. I pray that we will make a difference. A difference here in Macomb County. I pray that we be a church that's making a difference in Metro Detroit, state of Michigan, all around the world. But God, we need you. We can't do this on earth. We need your power to work through us and in us so that we can make a difference in the lives of those that are on the outside looking in. And so God, we thank you for today. We ask you to help us here in the next few minutes before we leave. You're in my prayer.